2: Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the uh, official podcast of the Viking Age. You can watch this right here on this YouTube channel every uh, Monday and Thursday night. I was, um, you know, last time I did this, uh, I was able to go to the bathroom, get my hat and fill up my water bottle within the 90 seconds perfectly. And I walked into the room and it said starts now. And I said, oh, no. Um, <laughs> But anyway, my name is Chris Shadd. I am Hey, better
3: late than never. Movie.
2: Exactly, exactly. And technically, I was in the seat when uh, we did go live. So there yeah, is that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> my name is Chris Chad. I'm a writer for the Viking Age. My chair is falling apart, too, I think. So I got to figure that out later. But uh, I'm a writer for the Viking Age as well as Zone Coverage and Bring Me the News. Joining me is my co-host and managing editor of the Viking Age, Adam Patrick like I said, we do this every Monday and Thursday night right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. And we are also available in podcast form on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So like, comment, share, subscribe so you never miss a new episode. Um, You know, if I were to title this episode, I would call it uh, The Vikings Did What? Part 2. Because we had the Buffalo game and we're just like, wow, that's an insane comeback. The Vikings have never done this before. And then on Saturday the Vikings said hold my beer. <laughs> uh they beat the Colts 39 to 36 in overtime. It was the largest comeback in NFL history as they were down 33 to nothing at halftime. And uh the Vikings were down 36 to 7 with 4 minutes ago in the third quarter. Whatever, just come right back, score five straight touchdowns, shut out the Colts and uh go win the game. So um I guess the first question I have for you is
3: did you turn off the game? Did you do anything of that sort because or- um, I'm uh, obligated I'm paid to watch it I did not turn it off but I would be lying if I said I was fully invested in it after the first two quarters uh, I'm usually off on Saturdays and I told my wife like hey if you need help with anything today or whatever because she has to watch my kids while I'm working or whatever just just let me know this game's over so like yeah. if you need help just I don't know, I'm I'm, I'm here to help with whatever um and then <laughs> yeah <laughs> they started to come back and she was like asking for help or whatever i'm like uh yeah sure sure I- i'll help you out real real, real real quick she's like real quick like why i'm like eh, they might be coming back and she's like what I'm like, maybe maybe we'll see i'll let you know and then they came back and then it's like and I go to overtime and the game's taken what what did it take like four Dude, like almost four five hours. hours yeah
2: yeah
3: with overtime um and she just texted me like is this game over yet like <laughs> I'm like nope it's not mm. um so yeah but then I then I wrote it up and then I was done for the day but uh no i I did not turn it off I did not leave the stadium the virtual stadium uh like some people probably did in the stadium who regretted it afterwards also leaving at halftime i don't care what the score is why would you leave it but like it's not like nfl tickets are are cheap unless you were given them like for free or whatever you should not be leaving at halftime like there's plenty of stuff you can do probably in the stadium to occupy your time uh if you don't if you don't want to watch the game especially that stadium that's new isn't there like a museum inside there and stuff too like
2: no that's the uh that's tco performance center oh, that's the training camp yeah okay so okay
3: but they have a stuff you can look at and and, nah. and you, or you could just drink and eat. Um, because I'm sure they have plenty of that there. Um but the beers are like seventeen dollars a piece. Yeah, whatever. whatever. Who cares? Who I cares? I guess you've already
2: you've already forked out about three hundred Yeah, if you're it's going like, if you're
3: if you're going to a professional sports, you know, game, you're you're already willing to pay more than you probably should. But uh no, I watched it and um I'm glad I did because I witnessed history.
2: Um, mine was a little different, but I had different circumstances. Yep. Like I, on the topic of leaving the game, I always say three quarter rule probably. Yeah. Like if it, if it's that bad and you're that bored, like I get it. I get it after that game because we saw this against Dallas and like, Mm -hmm. you know, even CBS checked out in the third quarter, (laughs) like, yeah, this (laughs) game sucks. Why don't we get you a good one? Um, yeah, I, I, I understand people leaving because there was some frustration, especially after the effort they had last week against Detroit. Like, you know, everything in Viking history pointed to, they were getting their ass kicked and they weren't. Um, my, uh, scenario was like, you know, um, are you familiar with the movie Fever Pitch?
3: Um, is that the new one, the newer one, I guess, with, with Jimmy Fallon?
2: Yeah, so yeah. so it's Jimmy Fallon
3: Drew and he's,
2: right? yep, and he's an obsessed Red Sox fan. Yeah. And like he meets Drew Barrymore and then like his love for the Red Sox gets in the way. Because this is like, this is uh, uh, set when the Red Sox were in the middle of the curse. And yeah. like they wound up winning yeah. the World yeah. Series as they yeah. were filming, and then like, I remember that crap. Yeah. yeah I so so I mean bad luck. But I mean it's a tr- it's a hilarious movie. Um, anyway, there's this scene where uh he has to sell his Yankees Red Sox tickets in order to go on a date with uh Drew Barrymore.
3: Ooh.
2: And they go and uh you know, at first he's like waiting for his car. I think he goes to the party and as they're like picking him up, like he hears the score and it's 9 nothing Yankees. And he's like, oh, cool. I See, I didn't miss anything at all. Nothing bad happened. <laughs> and then he gets home and he gets a call from his friend that he sold the tickets to. And he's like, oh, my God, it's 10-9. to 9. The Red Sox won. This is the greatest <laughs> day of my life. This is incredible. And she's like, and Drew's like, well, what, what's wrong? Like, what, what's going on? And he's like, they, they, won. they won. And he just feels like total bummer that this is, you know, that he missed it. I had to go cover the South Dakota State Jackrabbits uh, FCS semifinal final game against Montana State. They won. They're going to Frisco, Texas for the national championship on January 8th, and they're going to play North Dakota State, Dakota. Which, is exci- which is exciting over here. Yes, it's the Dakota marker game. So it, it'll be very intense here in about another week or two. But, um, you know, I, I love my job. I love doing everything. I used to stock a cooler at quick trip. So, I mean, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that, but Mm -hmm. um, you know, this was kind of a weird experience because I was watching the first half before I had to go and it gets to 30 to nothing. I think the pick six made it 30 Mm -hmm. to nothing. And I said, this is done. Like, (laughs) this is good. I can just detach myself from this. I can unplug myself because if I, my biggest fear was being in the press box during a game That's just super close, like a banger, right? And like, I'm watching it. I'm not paying attention to the assignment in front of me. It's like, (laughs) you need to stay professional. Mm -hmm. So I jump in the car. I go to the stadium. Uh, We're waiting in line for the elevator up to the press box. And uh, somebody mentions, he's like, wow, it's a two score game. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Furious rally pal. So I get up to the press box and we're watching it some more. And then they score another touchdown,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and the game kicks off. Thielen, uh, I think this was the Thielen one, mm-hmm. and I mean, every if you've watched the show, you know what I think of Adam Thielen. So like, <laughs> I was kind of like, yeah, of course. Thielen where's he from? Scored. You know, where's he, from? Uh, he heard he's from Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Went to college at Mankato, all that good <laughs> stuff.
3: It's had a one one hundred yard game in the last two seasons, but yeah, that, yep.
2: yeah. Anyway, um. <laughs> So Adam Thielen scores. He gets the two point, I believe right after that. And we're sitting there like, okay, it's a one score game, but they have to do it. Then Shannon Sullivan scores a touchdown, yeah. Yeah. but it's not a touchdown. And yeah. like, you could just hear it like in the back of the press box. Cause like there are other Viking fans in mm-hmm. there. And like, it was just like this oh, right. hush oh. old friend. Yeah. It was just like,
3: oh you. <laughs> you know, and, like nobody could like <laughs>
2: scream or anything. Cause it's a press box. And mm-hmm. I, I don't have it on. I don't have mm-hmm. anything. I am like 100% jackrabbit mode. Mm-hmm. And like all of a sudden, I just hear from behind me like, "Look, what's on and I'm like, what? <laughs> and like my partner is sitting right next to me. He's like, yeah, they just scored another touchdown. They're going to tie the game. And I'm like, well, they still need the two-point conversion. Like this whole thing, like I just kept denying it was yeah, happening. Like, well, so, so eventually they they go ahead. They win the game. and. You know, I, it wasn't that I wasn't happy with it. I was detached because yeah. it, it was just a, a weird experience, but I was just super sad about it. And I went home and I watched it when I got home. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Like 36-7 with four minutes left in the third quarter and they wound up winning. It, it's just crazy to see them continue to come back like this. And I, I mean, it just says a lot about the team because I wrote at Zone Coverage today, you know, Earlier this year, I was talking about, you know, what's this team's superpower? Like the 2019 team or 2017 team had a historic defense. 20, uh, 1998, historic offense. 2009 was Brett Favre, you know, that sort of thing. And like nobody can seem to put their finger on it. Like not even the national pundits because they like, they just want like some kind of violent ballet when they watch <laughs> football where it's like. With, uh, exquisite offense, brilliant defense, ex- <laughs> mastermind coaches on the sideline. That's yep. what I want in my team. That's who's going to win the Super Bowl. And I think over the past couple of years, we all complained about it because uh, Kirk Cousins needed everything to go perfectly to succeed. Right? He mm-hmm. had elite offensive line, top of the line receivers, elite yep. running backs, everything else. You know. I compared it in the article to, you know, most teams want to see like Bret Hart, you know, as a football, like the Mm -hmm. excellence of execution. He was just technical and he won one titles. This team's like Mick Foley. They see the sight of their own blood and they're like (laughs) smearing it across their chest and stuff. And just like, let's go, let's do Mm -hmm. this. Let's, you know, whatever. Like they got steel chairs, they got barbed wire, they got thumbtacks. Like they don't care. Like Mm -hmm. they know their flaws. And the thing about Bret Hart and McFoley is they're both former WWE champions. Like this mm-hmm. team, I, I they I will never look at this team and be like, that is the that is the epitome of football right there. Like this team is just one that you roll them out there and you see what happens. They could get their ass kicked, they could they could get rolled in the first half and dominate in the second half. It is it is wild and it's exciting and it's fun and I love it.
3: Oh yeah, I would even compare um, them to the late Eddie Guerrero Uh, because you know he's kind of he was. They don't do that, but well, maybe they do. Uh, But they'd, uh, you know, he was kind of unexpected under the radar, and he was a champion, and everyone's kind of like, how does he keep winning? How does he keep beating guys like Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle, and Undertaker? Like, how does he keep doing this? um, Or you could just compare the Vikings to like Michael Myers, and just they just never die. They just doesn't matter how much. How, how far, you know, high, how, how how high up a building you throw them off of or, you know, how deep of water you put them into. Like, they're just going to come back to life and you're going to have to fight them to the death, to the very end, because they're not going to go away. Um, yeah, it was. And, I, and I'll be honest. I think some of the steam taken out of this, this win was taken out by the Bills win because, you know, that was totally unexpected and miraculous and everything and and this like we're not surprised by this we should be surprised by a 33 point comeback
2: i think we're but surprised we're, we're just we're just not, we're just
3: like it's not like okay complete, yeah we're not blown <laughs> i don't think we're as blown if the bills game did not happen i think we'd yeah we'd be we'd feel the way that we did about the bills game we'd be more blown away but i think like that game kind of took away like this is their what 10th one score victory They've been mm-hmm. doing this all year. So yeah. like even when they were down, you know, it was I think it was 33 14. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, I knew they were coming back. Because that no it's this is the first time it ever happened. Um so I'm not gonna sit here and that I thought they were coming back, but at the same time I'm like, I mean, if there's a team that's gonna come back, this this is the season, this is the Vikings team that's gonna do it. Um, and and they're playing a Colts team that wasn't doing much on offense, wasn't doing much on defense. They got a couple fluke plays to go their way. Their most, you know, their field goal kicker is the one who's scoring the most points. They got a coach who's, you know, got a high school resume who decides to go it for it on on fourth down.
2: But he wasn't scared, bro.
3: He wasn't yeah. down the whole time. He wasn't scared. <laughs> Put the ball in Matt Ryan's hands uh, for sure. And then you got Matt Ryan on the other side, who's just like, not again. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, Like, I what? almost
2: I almost feel bad for Matt Ryan. Oh, like, yeah. He's, he's a good quarterback. Seems like a good dude. And it's just like, are you kidding me? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I I was listening to um, I think it was some I don't know, some Vikings podcast or some. No, I think it was a, like a ringer NFL podcast. And they were like, somebody was like, if I could have asked Matt Matt Ryan, knowing that he wasn't going to get mad at me, I would have asked him, you know, at what point during the game did you start to think of the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl and just think like, oh, there's no way this can happen again. Like, was it like when it was 33-14? Was it 33-21? You know, at what point were you like, no, not again, not again? (laughs) Well, shoot,
2: there. how many other times the Falcons was it that they – just kept oh, yeah. blowing leads after that yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, yeah,
3: he is. He is the guy of blowing massive leads. Well, because he's not he's not aggressive like he's mm-hmm. he's had comebacks, but he's not someone he's he's kind of like Kirk Cousins before the season where like he's either going to be on a, an offense that just like takes care of business and, you know, maybe wins by two scores. Or the game's going to be close and, and, or they're going to, they're going to give up the lead. He's not an aggressive type. He's not a Patrick Mahomes where that's going to beat you into the ground. Like he's never been that way. Um, so it, it just leads to more moments like this because, you know, he's not as willing to take shots down. Like, cause did they even throw the ball downfield? I don't, I don't remember. I can't remember that. One pass, like being over
2: well, 30 yards in the air at least. And we talk about Jeff Saturday, their offensive coordinator had never called plays before, too. So, I mean, yeah. there, there's a lot of that coaching difference. staff. Of the Colts is wild, man.
3: They have. They're experience. not scared.
2: They don't know like, about these analytics. They that had probably like, could have ex- helped them. Here, they had but.
3: experience on they have experience on their coaching staff and they chose to go with the most ex- experienced inexperienced person as their head coach. And the I guess the second most least experienced Uh, coach uh, for their offensive coordinator so like I mean this is if you want to tank to get a draft pick this is that's the way to go and like make it look like oh well we were just we were trying to win it's like I don't believe you Um, so yeah like that and then uh, Frank Reich they took the Colts took his job away from him this year they fired him and then they took away like the only record he's really known for uh because he was the quarterback for the bills when they came back when they were down 32 uh points in the playoffs to the houston oilers in 92 yeah so he now that record's gone thanks to the colts so you know frank reich big fan of the colts these days
2: i'm looking at the nfl draft order right now because i was like where are the colts they are currently sixth after this debacle Uh, uh, the other funny thing it's still pretty funny too to see all the teams that traded for quarterbacks like towards the top of this this list. Oh, yeah. Uh, you have you have Denver at three. Uh, yes. They got or no, you have Seattle at three. They got Denver's yes. first yes. rounder after trading Russell Wilson. Uh, Detroit has the Rams the pick. Rams. They are yeah. fifth right now uh, because of the Stafford deal. Could be higher at the end of the night. And then uh, Philadelphia yeah. has New Orleans's pick. That was actually a receiver, Chris Olave.
3: That worked out well.
2: Oh,
1: I forgot. And, uh,
3: I was trying to figure out because somebody wrote about like, do these teams regret trading those picks? And I was like, and they mentioned the Saints. And I'm like, who do the Saints trade for? And then yeah, Olave. And I'm like, oh yeah, that that was dumb. Uh, they did
2: that one <laughs> weird trade where it was like they got what? Well, and the, well, I think they made the trade with the Eagles where they gave them next year's first to get this year's first, and then they right. used both of their first to move up again and give up more <laughs> yeah. draft capital.
3: Yeah. And then
2: you also now, have uh, Houston, who has Cleveland's first. They're thirteenth,
3: so there's that. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it's uh, working out to trade the like Matthew Stafford kind of threw everyone off. Like they won the Super Bowl, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's the way to go trade for trade for a quarterback, and you'll automatically be good." And then everyone's like, "Well, I guess you got to trade for the right quarterback. You got to have the right offense. You got to have the right defense. You know,
2: got to have more than just the quarterback." And then the next year, their elbow could fall off, and you'd be completely screwed. Um, as for this comeback, what do you think was the biggest reason for this comeback?
3: Uh, that would be, I think there's easy answers for the guys that put up a lot of stats, but they don't, this doesn't happen without Kevin O'Connell as our head coach. It does, does not happen without him. There's all the work that he and his staff have put in all season long to establish, you know, I know it's a cliche word, but establish the culture inside the locker room of, having these guys believe in themselves. They've been doing this all year long. I mean, they were joking after the game. They weren't joking after the game. Um, like Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins said, like Patrick Peterson, he, he said, all we need is five touchdowns. And uh, that sounds ridiculous. But <laughs> with this team, they're like, yeah, we, we can do it. And I, I heard, I just watched a little clip with Eric Kendricks and he was asked, you know, what, what was the turning point? And he was just, he said, you know, we were just watching K.J. Osborne and he was just going out there and just like still giving it his all and just trying to will this team to victory. And, and everyone's like, if he can do it, then we can all do it and we can we can do this. And we're going to win. And that doesn't happen if you don't have someone like Kevin O'Connell, like giving these guys that, you know, ability to even just think that way. Like these guys with him as their head coach, they think they can do anything. They don't care that they lost to the Cowboys and Eagles by whatever points. If they have to play them again in the playoffs, they're going to think that they can win. They're going to think that they can win if they're down 20 to nothing now at the half. They are not going to give up, and that's huge. Kevin O'Connell is the, it's the biggest reason why they won this game.
2: You also saw it in his postgame presser, or uh, not presser, but locker room speech where he's talking to the guys, and he's just like, he's on the verge of tears. Oh, he was, he's yeah. like, Yeah, because he's so, like, and just invested in it just like i love you guys like i will a bunch of players bleeping ride players cry with you guys yeah i will bleeping ride with you guys until they won't let us play bleeping like this is again this is like remember the titans shit <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you know this this is a team that's just gonna like go to die for each other so i mean yeah. it, it's awesome um i'm going to give you two reasons okay. one i i think it's kirk freaking cousins for sure because i'm not caught well i am calling him that because he's got the same drip as seth freaking rollins that, with that suit yeah that that uh blaze i guess it wasn't like his a
3: wife picked it out for him sure
2: sure <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, picked out the uh when, he under the, the where,
3: when is the grill coming is it coming right. for christmas well, it, i i don't know i'm able to do it the last game i feel like he might have said like if we go to the super bowl then i'll break it out like if they just make it to the super bowl then media day just smiling oh yeah, with his grill. Oh, yeah.
2: that would be amazing <laughs> um but 460 yards four touchdowns two interceptions and the two picks were both jalen rieger's fault because and you know what i i see what philadelphia was doing now when they were getting rid of him because runs the wrong way on a route and then he just completely quits on another and somebody like took a screen cap and there's Kevin O'Connell, like screaming at him at one corner. And Rieger's <laughs> like,
3: what are you yelling at me for? Hey, he could still but, play, but he's only got go them size. And he's got them like, still just, together, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Like <laughs> only for now on only uh, go, r- go routes and uh, like jet sweeps for Jalen Rieger. That's all I can handle. The, the uh,
2: early season, Christian Watson package. Like that. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. Turn him into a running back. See what happens. Actually, that's he'd probably screw that up too. <laughs> um, the other thing that was big, though, for me was a lot of the sporting cast stepping up. You mentioned KJ Osborne a little bit, yeah. 157 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Dalvin Cook, four catches, 95 yards. They lined him up, up at receiver a couple of times, and the screen worked. Yeah, the screen game finally worked. There weren't people <laughs> in the way. I mean, there were people in the way at the end, but like
3: Dalvin yeah, was Edward, just, Ezra like, Cleveland got in the way. He
2: was just, uh, like, <laughs> how did he even get, on, get down there?
3: Was he, running he was a four, just like hiding
2: behind him, just like, uh, hey, you want to like, give me a little help He's here? like but, 350, he runs a four Yeah, Just crazy. Uh, and then, you know, Adam Thielen came on late in the game, three catches, 41 yards, and a touchdown. Didn't have a target before the fourth corner. Yeah, but. he was
3: he was mad on the sidelines, too. That's what they are saying on the broadcast. That he was like, he was pretty angry. Like, guys, I'm open. Do you ball.
2: guys know I'm from Minnesota? Can <laughs> no, you give no, me no. the ball? We're playing I say, in Minnesota. I would,
3: I would have rebuttal and been like, yeah, so is KJ. And he's actually not running backwards when he gets the ball in his hands. So.
2: Funny, uh, Stefan Diggs freaks out about that and everybody loses their minds and Adam Thielen. Oh, yeah, yeah get, get get Adam the ball. He's, he's, competitive. he's,
3: he's competitive. He's competitive. <laughs> anyway, um... <laughs> How about this, though? We're not going to be sponsored by the Thielen Foundation, okay? We're not. I, I'm pretty sure we're not going to do that. If if they wanted us to donate, I, I don't. Oh, i donate, no, but sure. I don't think they're going to sponsor the show. I'm, I'm,
2: no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, the, the defense, Vikings defense allowed just one touchdown in the comeback. Yeah. That was a blocked punt and a pick six. The other two, uh, like you said, Patrick Peterson told Kirk Cousins, all you have to do is score uh, five touchdowns. Just five, only five. And they held him. And they held them. They did their job. <laughs> Daniel Hunter had a monster game. They played more 4-3. They blitzed 40% of the time. Yeah. I wonder if like Kevin O'Connell went full Bobby Lashley in his office and like walked up to Kevin o- or at Donatello and just said, this bullshit needs to stop. At the now. half? I know, Well, they did. You know what? I don't think the Vikings played a bad game in the first half. Defensively. 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 yeah, Defensively. I think it was a lot of offense I think it was Kevin O'Connell kind of turned into a you know frustrated nine-year-old playing Madden online uh yep. with some of his play calls you know the fullback dive not great <laughs> uh the fake punt a little too aggressive there
3: um yeah 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 yeah
2: yeah just you know when you're on your own 30 it kind of hits different as the kids say but um you know the defense like I said there was only one offensive touchdown all day I I liked what I saw. Can they do it against better defenses? I don't know, because the Vikings are going to play a good one on Sunday because Daniel Jones yeah. looked like he was drunk out there. But <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I liked what I saw from the defense on Saturday.
3: Yeah. yeah, they 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 played much better. They were a lot more aggressive. Uh, Duke Shelley uh, had himself a ball game. I think he was like the highest graded defensive player uh, by PFF. By by PFF, excuse me. Um, like Cameron Dancer, he was active, but he didn't play at all. And I think I think Kevin O'Connell said that he was still kind of sick, and he was more of like an emergency option. Um, so people, so don't jump to conclusions. and Be like, oh, Cameron Dancer got benched. At the same time. I wouldn't be sad or surprised if they let Duke Shelley kind of keep going because he's he's been playing well. He's right. not the biggest biggest of guys, but he hangs with his guys. He makes plays on the ball, so I wouldn't be surprised if they let him stay in there and play. He did he did well last week. Michael Pittman's not like a slouch or anything, um, so he did well. Yeah, like they blitzed more. Harrison Smith looked like he was more himself having a little more freedom to just kind of roam around um, in disguise. It seemed like the Vikings defensive players were allowed to play to their strengths instead of like trying to fit into this scheme, which is kind of what the problem was the last few weeks where at downtown like, no, it's not the scheme. It's execution. It's like, well, it kind of has to be the scheme because these players can't execute if they're not fit for the scheme. So I think there was some adjustments adjustments made uh, during the week, and they're just like, at the same time, it's 33 nothing. If you're not blitzing when it's 33 nothing, then you're never going to blitz because right. you have nothing to lose. So um, I was not surprised by that aggressiveness in the second half, and hopefully it keeps up because it clearly worked, and Kevin O'Connor can be like, dude, this works. Like we've got the talent to to do this. Let's keep doing this. And, you know, maybe we'll do some good things in the future.
2: I would like to see more of Hunter with his hand in the dirt moving forward. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think too, it's weird because Kevin O'Connell mentioned that this scheme likes to play more nickel than it does three, four. Yeah. So why don't you have Daniel Hunter with his hand in the dirt sure. on those packages and have him do what he does best? Like, it's a simple thing. Like put your players in a position to succeed. And Kevin O'Connell actually mentioned that at the beginning of last week, like we're not Mm. doing that. So I I don't know if it was come to Jesus meeting. It probably was. Um, And like you said too, in the second half, you know, when you're getting clown hammered, it's like, well, I'm going to get fired if we don't win this game anyway. So let's empty out the bag of trips. And it's like, Oh wow. It worked.
3: Um, (laughs) They didn't, did they have a turnover? No, they just, the, those fumbles that got called back that weren't yeah, what do that you? Weren't I, I guess before
2: tournament. we move on to the next one, what do you think about those plays? Because I the <laughs> first, I, I mean, re-watching it, I'm just kind of like, yeah, those shouldn't have been blown dead. Like watching them in real yeah. time. But I, I mean, I, I, I don't want- know. Maybe it's like an anticipation. Like I, unless the way I see it, and I know I asked you to go first, but I'll, I'll just say it. The way I see it is unless the guy is like, in danger of injury, don't blow the play dead. Right. Or like, there's like ten guys ready to take, like, blow the whistle, man. But I mean, one on one, like that—that that was a football play that should have just kept going.
3: Well, it seemed like that thing was like, was it Michael Pittman both times, um or like he he didn't give himself up? At least one of the times it was him. Like he wasn't—he didn't go to the ground. He wasn't stopping. Like that's that. Okay, that's when you blow the whistle. But like they were just. He was kind of stationary because he couldn't move because they were, uh, they they held him in in place for a brief half second, which was apparently long enough to blow the whistle. Um, but yeah, just like you have this option to review, um, every scoring play, every turnover too. Why not let it play out and see what happens? But at the same time, I am not a hate hate criticizing the refs because. There's so many other, there's so many opportunities throughout the game to make plays that those shouldn't even be a difference. Like, I don't think the refs had a whole lot to do with you being down 33 to nothing at the half. Uh, in the second half, you know, they caused some problems, but at the same time, they could have made more plays to avoid those. Um, and then what was, what was, was there another? There was this two, the two plays that were called dead. Um, and then I feel like there was something else. There was like, uh, the Stephon Gilmore hit that could that probably should have been an ejection. Yeah. um, they let him stay in the game. There was a handsome oh. the
2: face there somewhere too. I think it was yes, so yes, yes. Kurt, or uh, was it? Ngakwe,
3: yes,
2: Onderisaw, yeah.
3: yeah, and Chris Boyd had that weird face mask fast penalty that wasn't a face mask, and yeah, it was. And what Shane Sullivan got the the other other penalty, but yeah, and then the Vikings got away with some too. So let's not act like they didn't either, but. Yeah, blaming the refs. I don't like to do that, except for last night. What, did you see the the end of the Commanders Giants game when? Yeah, with Terry McLaurin he, and the uh, he official? he asked the ref, "Am I good?" And the ref said, "Yes, yes." And, and then he threw a flag because he wasn't good. And it's like, what? What? Hap- you just told me I was good. <laughs> yeah. And so like, well, that's, in the that's, video, is weird because he's like got
2: his. Hand on the flag as the ball's yeah. being snapped. Yeah. It's like he's
3: like I'm good, and he's like, oh yeah, sure, you're good. And then the wing, refs wing. afterwards are like, well, they, they don't have any obligation to tell them whether they're they're right or not. And it's like, okay, cool. Then you had like the the Raiders and Patriots game where the dude's foot was out of bounds or it wasn't. There was there's a lot of bad ref stuff. At the same time, there's a lot of really good games um, in the NFL this weekend. So, like, I don't know. I I don't like blaming the refs, but that, yeah, that was it. Wasn't the best performance. I feel like sometimes we we want refs to be perfect in the game, and that's not going to happen. Like the amount of times that the Vikings made mistakes, uh, you know, refs make mistakes too. So you know, I don't know. That's it's not going to change. It's really, it's really not. Everyone's going to complain about the refs every week. That's I think that bothered me the most about this win is like, even though the Vikings had like the best comeback win in NFL history, a lot of the, the response afterwards was like. Oh man, look at all these terrible calls by the refs. And like they won. Like, don't dwell on that. They won. Like, this this right. team wins now. We don't have to dwell on that stuff anymore. They won. Just put it, you know, behind you or whatever. But, yeah.
2: Well, sticking on the theme of the refs, Kevin O'Connell uh had some interesting quotes during his press conference on Monday. Uh, yeah. Justin Jefferson took several big hits in the loss yeah. or the win over the Colts. It, It felt like a loss from what I watched, but (laughs) Um, O'Connell said on Monday, he thought it was like the fifth or sixth week that Justin Jefferson has taken some big hits. And his quote was clearly there's an emphasis of some of the teams we're playing where some of those hits, they don't seem to be by accident at times.
3: Uh, Do you think there's some merit to Kevin O'Connell's comments? Um, Yeah. I mean, if you were the other team, wouldn't you want to knock out the other team's best player? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the nature of the game. There so. was a
2: pay scheme for this. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. Like I, that's what, that's what I was going to say today. Like so. So Kevin O'Connell is kind of alleging that the Vikings' last few opponents have kind of maybe had a bounty on uh, Justin Jefferson. Uh, to you know refer to the past, but yeah, he's the best player on the field for the Vikings. Teams want to get him out. They're going to be f- like they're going to be physical with him. At the same time, Justin Jefferson has proved that he can take the punishment um you know the the Vikings don't want um them to, to, to obviously they, they don't want him to take that kind of punishment cuz you know he's their best player and without him i'm not sure what they can do um but yeah they they want to get him out you know some of these hits probably could warrant harsher penalties i know some of the players have been fined i know the jets player was fined uh for his hit um i'm sure Stefan Gilmore will get fined for for his hit but yeah some of these are like I remember was it last year a couple of years ago Harrison Smith had a questionable hit and he got ejected I think it was against like the Texans Texans yeah and it's like Justin Jefferson has dealt with way worse hits than than that hit or some of the hits mm-hmm. that people have been ejected for this year so like that's got, I think that's part of the reason why Kevin O'Connell probably brought this up he's like listen I'm done with this like refs when you know coaches do this they want the refs to kind of hear it so I wouldn't be surprised if there was more of an emphasis by the refs in the next game on this. And uh, it's a good way to say to you, for Kevin O'Connell to say to Justin Jefferson, like, hey, I'm looking out for you. Like, you're my best player. I'm going to look out for you. Um, you know, we're going to make sure that, you know, you don't get killed out in the field. Because then what, didn't his helmet come off? On yeah. One of the play? yeah. Yeah. Well, he slammed his helmet, too, because, like, he had the kind
2: of, thing they of wanted the him to come Uzi off. Thing. Yeah. 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 And which, which, was...
3: which, which they should have. That's, yes, that's absolutely. the appropriate, you know, measure, whether we like it or not. It was the
2: appropriate response on both ends. Hey, you should yeah. probably go out. No, I don't want to go out.
3: Yeah. Like, so. And I'm sure he was in the in the tent like, yeah, I'm fine, whatever. Great. I can see. Okay, cool. Can I go back? Like, I'm sure that's exactly how it went in the tent. The blue tent experience. Just- yeah, what what was that? Was that Russell Wilson who went in there basically sat on the bench, they put the tent over him and basically just lifted it right back up and he was done? You remember that? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. He got they got fined for that.
2: Yeah. Uh, that's uh I, I would imagine. I don't know. They step in there, it's like there's just lights and stuff. Just like, yeah. I don't know, just go to Narnia for Party. 20 minutes or something while yeah. they inject you with painkillers. Um, topic number three of today. We gotta take a look at this playoff picture because it's heating up the NFC standings up to the second ahead of. Uh, tonight's banger of a Monday Night Football matchup between the Green Bay Packers and Los Angeles Rams. Listen, listen
3: I got I got Baker Mayfield as my fantasy quarterback because Lamar Jackson's hurt. So, mm. you know, I picked him up. I'm I'm hoping for big things tonight.
2: If there's a uh, if there's a game for Baker to go off, it's got to be tonight, right?
3: Oh yeah, for sure. But the Packers are going to make the playoffs. So, what are, you know, this is just the first game of that. They're going to win them all. And make <laughs> the, the epic
2: playoff. run to the Super Bowl title for the Packers. <sighs> I was talking to some friends of mine today and like I, I was just bringing it up and they're like talking about Lazard and everything else and I'm just like, you know Aaron Rodgers thinking he's playing on ayahuasca and now he's got the hand signals thing that come out like oh, he's got yeah, these yeah. hand signals, but he doesn't tell anybody and the receivers just have to know <laughs> what they mean and like <laughs> he gets he like freezes it's like, people if they why don't, don't know you's. Know- because you've never done that before, bud. It, <laughs> he so there's there's a family guy episode where uh like Lois and Peter start smoking weed again, and like uh they go to this talent show and they're like going to resurrect this old band to win the talent show. So they go out there and they play, and they think that they've just had this beautiful tune and like there's a <laughs> unicorn and everything else, and like they get home, they're like, Why didn't we win the talent show? And Chris goes up to me, he's like No, you guys were so baked like you did. And like Peter's just like, ah, ah, like that's Aaron Rodgers on Ayahuasca. He's just like, I feel so good. I feel so alive. And he's like, you know, throwing balls in the turf and everything. Um, Enough of the drug use, though. Let's take a look at these standings. Philly is 13 and one. They probably clinched home field, uh, but. Bad news, mm-hmm. Dalen Hurts mm-hmm. has hurt his shoulder and may not mm-hmm. play against the Cowboys. So we're going to find out if Michael Parsons is right, that uh, it's the team and not him. Uh, the Eagles do have Gardner Minshew, but at 13-1, and they probably have home field advantage wrapped up. Uh, they have the head-to-head yeah. tiebreaker, of course, so they pretty much got to lose out, and the Vikings have to win out to get that. Mm-hmm. Um, think the door's open?
3: It's cracked. It's cracked open. Um, I think the 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 hurts injury it's significant I think it if if I don't know if it's not significant enough for them to lose the one seed it's gonna see be pretty significant for them in uh in the playoffs because if he's hurt right now like it doesn't matter how quickly he he's got a sprained shoulder i don't know if it's throwing shoulder or not but that's not something that just goes away in a couple weeks and can't come back you know if you get like he's gonna get hit teams are gonna try and hit him more now like they like that's going to be the emphasis when they play him you know during the next few weeks or during the playoffs like they're not going to care the first few possessions if they give up points or give up yards they're going to try and knock him out of the game um because he's good he's he's mvp candidate this year probably for mvp front runner some people think it's patrick mahomes but you gotta give it to jalen hurts right now um but yeah i think i think it's cracked open i i, I think the Vikings can win the rest of their games. But I also know that Kevin O'Connell said today, like they're probably not going to risk their players health in like the final game of the season in order to get a two or a three seed. Now, if it's the one seed, that could be different. Yeah. I think about it. Cause, Cause you get a buy, you get a yes. buy and you get home field advantage.
2: So if and, somebody does get banged up, you just, yeah. Okay. You rest them next and, week.
3: And home field at, at us bank is pretty significant um with that crowd um so if there's it's cracked it's cracked right now so it's just like Jalen hurt's shoulder but um you know we'll see we'll see how it goes you had Let's to th- go there. i think i think the vikings will be able to hold off the niners at least i think
2: they will like which, if there's you know. any quarterback in the nfl that could just get randomly white hot i think Gardner Minshew's like at the top of the list yeah. like I like I like Minshew, like honestly, but I mean that would just be our luck. Like Philadelphia just rides sure. another backup quarterback to the Super For Bowl.
3: Sure. <laughs> at, least they like, be, at least they won't be playing in US Bank Stadium this year, though, in, in the Super Bowl. So. This, this is true. This is very true.
2: You know who will be playing a playoff game in the U.S. Bank Stadium is the Minnesota Vikings. They are 11-3. and three. They clinched the NFC North with their big comeback win. They are in the two-seed. The San Francisco 49ers are 10-4, and four, cruising along with Brock Purdy, the greatest quarterback ever with the greatest head coach ever with the greatest defense ever. Uh, they clinched the NFC West, and they are sitting in the third seed. Uh, the Buccaneers... They're six and eight. Uh, they don't know what Damn. they're doing anymore. Um, they're bad. I I saw the interaction with Gio Bernard and the Bucks reporters. Where, oh,
3: uh, yeah,
2: yeah, the Bucks reporters kind of. Nope. I I am That's, media. I'm not gonna say well, too much about it, but it's like torches what? and pitchforks everywhere.
3: <laughs> well, yeah. What what side do you come out on? Because you know, yeah, because I covered. Fo- I'm not in the locker room, or whatever. But I, I cover the team too, and I, I always have like a thing like. I don't feel like Vikings reporters are really like this where they're like kind of invasive and like they have to get an answer or whatever. Um, But that, that clip at least that that reporter posted, it just, it's, it was very cringy and it seemed like, like he said, he did, he said he didn't want to talk. I know it's his obligation or whatever, but it's like the dude just wants to go home and you can talk to him later in the week. Probably. But like if he says he doesn't want to speak, then then let him do that. Like I don't understand like why you need to get an instant reaction for your, you know, it's gonna get you so much more views if you get a quote from him.
2: Well, and it was weird. I I think they were just trying to confirm what Todd Bowles said, because Bowles said something along the lines of right. miscommunication. So they had their answer. But I, I mean, a good journalist does want to get all sides of the story. Um, I think I, I think both sides may have handled it a little bit poorly because yeah. i mean geo bernard like when they come up to him that's all he had to do from the get-go was turn around and be like i screwed up and like you know they were they were asking follow up questions like a good journalist would do and he's just i screwed up i, I i'm you know oh he had the answer i'm, sure, I'm ready. sure yeah and i'm sure he felt he, he like he, crap. he was just like i screwed up it was me yeah. yes hello yeah. hi i'm the problem it's me um but i mean i think one of the reporters said something like because he said, "You guys, you haven't talked to me all year. Like, why are you coming up now?" And one of the reporters snapped back with something like, "You haven't done anything all year," and well, like that's where I, it kind of got. Yeah, 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 he was on and, and IR, and that's what and that's what uh, Jenna Lane or Gina Lane, whatever her name is, said yeah. in return. Like, hey, you've been on IR. Like, players don't talk to like explaining it. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, it was both. I, I think it's one of those things like you talk to somebody and things just kind of escalate, and then Gio's like, "All right, I better just." asked this and again like she said she's right like players are contractually obligated to talk to the media and i don't know how it works in the nfl like in college you just we just pick a couple of guys they come they sit down and i have not covered a loss yet um yeah. for sdsu so I, I i don't know what that's like but um it, nice. it just could have it just could have been handled better i think on both sides that's all yeah it's it's
3: it. weird it's a, it's it's a tough job on on both sides but I think there's, yeah, there's a happy medium in there where, like, because first off, I don't know, why do you even post that video? Like, the, that was that that weird. She could have cut it in half and just had his, like, his response. She didn't have to have the first part where everyone's like, you're on IR. That's why you didn't talk to us. And, like, you didn't even need to include that. Like, she said she wanted right. to do it for transparency and stuff. And it was like, okay. But, like, that probably wasn't, but yeah. But yeah, the Bucks. So good this year. Yeah. What they up? 7-17, seven, nothing yesterday, and they lost like, <sighs> like 35 to the 17. <laughs> they they
2: literally handed the Bengals that game. Like I oh, yeah. I was watching it. And it's like, oh, Burroughs got a couple touchdowns. Wait a minute. Why does he have no yards? Oh, they gave it to him on the doorstep every freaking drive yeah. after the halftime. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, the Buccaneers, they'll get a home game for winning the South if they hold on. <laughs> uh, the Panthers, Saints, and Falcons are at five and nine right behind him. Like, that's Watch gonna be Saints. like the- Watch those Saints. Ah, okay. Yeah, um, whoever does, they'll host the Cowboys who uh, lost to the Jaguars yesterday. And nobody's calling them frauds. Weird. Weird how that <laughs> well, works.
3: You know what? The Jaguars are good. They're good. Uh, like, Trevor Lawrence is going off. He's playing he all the uh, he's AEW playing, female wrestlers. He's playing very well. Uh, last yeah. few weeks, like they showed his stats like ever the first eight games compared to like the last six. And he's he's turned the corner for sure. Like Doug Peterson's got him headed in the right direction. That's funny. Hanging to watch. out I like with
2: it. Britt Baker, Tony Storm, and uh Jade Cargill. <laughs> that'll, yeah, I, that'll, I that'll do it. feel better about myself
3: too. That'll do it. But no, he's he's singing it. I felt bad for him yesterday when he fumbled. Uh when he was scrambling. Uh, but then they end up winning anyways on that ridiculous pick six. Um but yeah, Jag, Jags are good. And I think it's Jaguars and Jets on Thursday, and actually an actual good Thursday night game. That'll be It's intriguing
2: at least. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so the Cowboys are in the five seed. They're 10 and four. The giants are eight, five and one after last night's debacle, we were talking about, uh, the commanders fell to the seven seed. They're seven, six and one. The Seahawks are seven and seven. The lions are seven and seven and the Packers aren't dead yet. They're five and eight ahead of Monday night football. If the season ended today, the Eagles have the bye. The Vikings would host the commanders. The 49ers would host the giants and the Buccaneers would host the Cowboys. So, as it stands right now, does matchup with the Commanders scare you at all?
3: No. Um, No. (laughs) Like, they they beat them, the Vikings beat the Commanders on the road. So, you would like to think, in their own building, with their own fans, they can do a lot better. Would the game be close? Yeah. Um, Do the Commanders have a really good defensive line? Yeah. Uh, Am I worried about Taylor Heineke? No. Like, he didn't, his... Most of his yards against the Vikings came on that fluke play where the ref got in the way of uh Cam Bium, so i'm not not too worried about the commanders you know the running backs playing really well, you know Terry McLaren's always something to worry about, but no, no, I think they they play hard, it would be close, but no I'm not I wouldn't the Giants and commanders are like they're very similar to me like. I wasn't surprised that there was it was a close. Didn't, didn't they tie like the first meeting like two yeah two weeks ago yeah. So those two teams I feel like are just you know one or the other is just it's the same to me. So no, I'm not. I'm, I wouldn't be worried about the commanders at all
2: at US Bank Stadium. I don't think it will be you no. know I, it won't be as close as it was. It might be a little closer because this team's incapable this is the of winning it's gotta a be game. Close. Yeah, it, it's got to be a one possession game. I don't make the rules, but um. <laughs> I mean that defensive line's scary, especially what they did to the Vikings offensive line but, the first time around. Yeah, but
3: then you can look at what the Vikings offensive line did the game after that. I mm-hmm. think it was against, was it against the Jets where they were they fixed their offensive line. They didn't put Blake Brandle on the Island. They made sure they have like the proper protection. So I feel like Kevin O'Connell a second time would have a much better plan going against that defensive line.
2: Um I don't think it'll be the Commanders though. I think it'll be the Lions.
3: Ooh. Oh no. You do. And, and
2: that's not good with Dan Campbell's history because the Lions got Detroit, Chicago, and Green Bay down the stretch. Yeah. They could win those games. The
3: Lions have Detroit.
2: <laughs> uh at Carolina. <laughs> Wrong cat. Panthers, Lions, Listen, I don't know, Jaguars.
3: I... The Lions are playing well. But I think Dan Campbell's gonna get in their way. He's he's gonna do something. He, he keeps getting praised. Did you hear what he was doing when the 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 Lions called that play to Panay Sewell? He was watching he the was, wave. He was watching the wave. He's the head coach. He was watching the wave in the state. First off, Lions fans, what are you why are you doing the wave? Uh when, you know, it's two minutes to go. Your team's trying to win. Um, but he was like like in La La <laughs> Land, and you're the head coach, dude. What are you doing? And then they they almost lost yesterday to the Jets to Zach Wilson. They gave up three over three hundred passing yards to Zach Wilson. He's not good. Um, yeah. And like you know, the Bears they just lost by five to the Eagles, so they're they're no slouch. The Panthers are fighting for a playoff spot. They're not going to be easy. And the Packers just want to beat you. So as much as we look at the schedule, and like oh, it's easy wins for the Lions. They also don't have a good defense, so like it's not like. They can just go in and just stop a team, because uh, they can't. So, you know, um, I'm not so sure. I, I think, I think it's gonna be the Giants. I think they're gonna get in. I want the Seahawks to get in because I feel like they're a more fun team. Um, but I think it'll be the Commanders too. It'll just be the way that it is
2: three more weeks and we will have our answer who the Vikings will see in the wild card round of the playoffs or if they won't play in the wild card at all but that is all the time we have for the viking age podcast today the official viking podcast of the vikingage.com you can find us on YouTube every Monday and Thursday night as well as uh I, I'm blanking out I'm, I'm forgetting all this stuff you can watch us on YouTube Monday and Thursday Thursday afternoons Monday nights uh, and you can listen to us on Apple and Spotify for Adam Patrick. I'm Chris Shad. Talk to you later.